Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Budget with State Representative Jason Ortitai. I'm Chuck Nichols, Representative Ortitai. Uh, a lot has been going on beyond the budget. We we have moved a uh, a spending plan at least for the next five months, and we've stepped forward into uh, a zone of uncertainty here with what's been going on in the House. I'm talking about House Resolution 836, and this deals with the uh, termination of the COVID-19 emergency crisis that's been going on here. We have a bit of an issue uh, with what what happens next. There's a lot of uncertainty because no one has ever been here before. This is something that's never happened before. And so folks are kind of going, well, what happens next? Talk, give us a little background about what what went on the last couple of days, where we stand currently, and, and, and then lead us in, in, say, where are we headed? Well, this is definitely uncharted territory for, for us as a state. This is the, the first time that this has ever happened in, in, in our history. So we are in a bit of, a, I would say, a, a learning procedure here because right now you have the governor who issued the emergency declaration, rightfully so, back in March. The 90 days ended, and he decided to renew it. And over the last three months, you know, we've asked Pennsylvanians to shelter in place, stay at home, um, close businesses, close small businesses. Oh, you can only go shop the at the big box retailers, at the Walmarts and the big giant grocery stores. You can't go to the smaller places. Uh, we've had to deal with these one-off uh, individual actions by the governor where there's been no comprehensive plan whatsoever. We've basically been lied to about the data and the use of the data for the measurements to open up the state. And nobody can really dispute that. I mean, I mean, the governor himself was asked where the 50 cases out of 100,000 come from. And he said, I don't know. And then, you know, and I'm not saying this to diminish any protest whatsoever. I think people, if they want to peacefully protest, they are more than able to do that. But the governor walking out there in violation of his own guidelines, of his own restrictions, to me, made him lose a lot of credibility. You know, we've asked a lot of Pennsylvanians over the last three months. We've bent the curve. We have not overloaded our hospital system. We are in a good position. I'm not saying we're out of the woods. We're, we're definitely not. Um, but we have done what we, Pennsylvanians have done what they've been asked to do. It's time to start treating businesses equal across the state. Uh, as far as the restrictions go, this resolution treats every business the same now. No more of this 25, 50% red, yellow, green. All that goes out the window. This effectively ends the emergency declaration by the governor. By concurrent resolution through the House and the Senate, passing in a bipartisan fashion with Democrats and Republicans, both voting in favor of it. Now, the part that puts us in uncharted territory is, is what happens next. The governor thinks that this goes to his desk so he can veto it or disapprove it. Uh, the House and Senate disagree. Uh, and from what the Supreme Court said in the, uh, in the challenge against the governor, said that the, the General Assembly has the ability to end the emergency declaration via the emergency code that the governor is referencing. This bill is not law. Uh, it is basically the General Assembly exercising their authority within the emergency code to end an emergency declaration by concurrent resolution. Our belief is that we can post this to the Pennsylvania Bulletin. We can advertise it uh, in the, the newspapers across the state over the next five days, and that it forces the governor to sign a proclamation to end 
the emergency declaration. Now, that's how we see it. Now, of course, anytime you put 10 or 50 attorneys in a room, you're going to get 10 or 50 different opinions. So my belief is this is probably heading to the court. It'll probably head to the Supreme Court, uh, which, again, I as I referenced a few minutes ago, the Supreme Court, in their opinion, in that court case, said that the General Assembly has the ability to end the emergency de- uh, declaration by the governor the emergency code without the governor signing off on it. Because let's talk about checks and balances here for a second. We're, we're a separate independent branch. We are not a subsidiary of the governor or the executive branch. If we're supposed to be co-equal, we should have the ability to override the governor on those issues. And in the emergency code, it doesn't say that you must have two-thirds. It doesn't say that the governor must sign off on it to say by concurrent resolution must, must end it. Now, I know there's been other calls for, uh, I believe it's uh, Article 3, Section 9, where it says a concurrent resolution must go to the governor. And if he vetoes it, then, then you need two-thirds majority. We're not changing law here. That's why that provision uh, of the Constitution doesn't apply to the emergency code, because we're not changing the law. We're not restricting his ability to declare an emergency declaration. We're using the emergency code to end the emergency declaration. If he wants to start another one tomorrow, he's within his rights as governor to do that. The emergency code provides him the authority to operate that way. But under the emergency code, the General Assembly has the ability to end it by passing the House and the Senate, which it has done. And again, this is all going to court. Uh, I have zero doubt that it'll be challenged that way uh, because we're not sending the resolution to his desk, so he doesn't have the ability to veto it. Now, there were some arguments that came up yesterday about federal funding, and I've seen it posted on my Facebook page and others that there's no guarantee that we're, we're going to keep federal funding if we end the emergency declaration. That's not true. We have talked countless times, the United States Treasury to the White House. Uh, I have spoken to the Deputy Secretary of the, of the United States Treasury. We already have all the federal CARES dollars sitting in the Treasury here at the state. That money is already here. They're not pulling that back. They have given us assurances that we will not lose any federal funding because the the president had already declared a federal disaster emergency. So as long as that is still in place at the federal level, Pennsylvania will still continue to receive their federal dollars. Now, also in this, we're ending the emergency declaration. We are not ending the health orders that Secretary Levine has put out there. That's a different statute under a different limitation that we, we aren't we are not touching in this section. All right. So there are still health orders that are still in effect. We are not ending those. So we're still asking businesses to abide by CDC recommendations uh, and abide by those health orders. Now, I'm still trying to get a comprehensive list of what those health orders are, uh, and I will put that out there for everyone as soon as as I get that. So what what would you say to the mom-and-pop business, the folks who have been abiding by all the rules, sitting at home, not working? Is it time to say, hey, we've been working for you, it's it's time to get back out there, here are the rules, abide by them, is is it, are we just saying it's time to get back to work? Right. Look, here at the end of the day, a lot of people, small business owners, and even residents, they want to get back to normal. And I get it. And I believe that people will be safe, they will abide by guidelines, and they will have safe safe habits uh, and set up their workplaces and their, their restaurants and their shops in a safe way. I mean, when you look at it, most people don't, nobody out there wants anyone to get sick. All right. Now, I don't, but we need to give people the freedom and the ability to go out there and go about their business in a safe manner. And I believe that people will still follow the CDC recommendations. I will continue to do the same as well. Uh, Again, the virus is still out there, just like any other virus that's been out there before. You need to be cautious of what's going on out there. So, 
as as people begin to open up who haven't opened up, I know that my area recently went into the green last week. There are still restrictions in place uh, from that. Again, I would just urge caution. I wouldn't go full bore back into normal. I would ease into it uh, and and just pay attention to where this eventual court case will probably end up. And the next thing we'd like to talk about, which is also causing a little bit of a uh, change and a little bit of uh, uncertainty is that we're about to have a little bit of change in the leadership of the House and and, and the way the House operates. Tell us about uh, what's going on with Speaker Terzai and what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. Right. Uh, t- today, uh, which we're recording this on uh, Wednesday, um, we, we are hearing that uh, Speaker Terzai will be giving his farewell address today. Uh, he's invited his family up, um, you know, uh, the, the speaker has been in this position uh, since I've been elected. So for the last six years, he has served as the speaker. Before that, he was the majority leader for the House Republicans, uh, and before that, he was policy chair. Um, I'm fortunate enough. I'm, I'm, I share Allegheny County with the speaker, and I've got to. I've had the opportunity to learn uh, for him to serve as my mentor, uh, and, and basically, you know, just become friends. You know, Mike's been a really good guy. He's always treated me very well. He's, you know, always answered all of my questions you know he's, he's always been there for me when I've needed something um, I know he's going to be sorely missed and you know I know there are a lot of people out there who may not like him may not like what he stands for uh, and and that's fine but you respect the man and you respect the institution uh, and you know that's where I'm at with the speaker you know I, I've really appreciated the time I've got to spend with him I have learned a lot from him um, I, I think the service that he has given to this state over the last I, I think 20 years uh, that's that's difficult. That's a lot of sacrifice to your family uh, and to your life. Uh, and he's accomplished a lot over the last 20 years. I, I think that he has set a Republican agenda that he has seen through, uh, and he should be very proud of that. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss seeing him up here. I'm going to miss seeing him at the at the rostrum. Um, you know, but, you know, it you get to the end of your career, and I, I think Mike has, has accomplished everything that he set out to accomplish, and I think that's something to be very proud of. Yeah, on a personal note, uh, he was the very first person I interviewed here as a, 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 a and he was a, a junior member essentially at the time. He didn't wasn't a committee chair, and I, I've seen him work his way the whole way up through and uh, be very consistent with what he's been trying to accomplish the whole way. And I think when you when you get there and you've accomplished what you want to, it's time to move on to the next area of your life. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, too. You know, a lot of people across the state may not know who the speaker is. I mean, a lot of people who, who deal with politics on a day-to-day basis know that no speaker tours I. You know, I, I look at Mike not just as a speaker, but as, as a man and a friend. You know, Mike was at my wedding five years ago. You know, I, he was the only legislator who was there. Um, you know, you look at those types of things and the, and the laughs and the moments that you have. And, and yeah, there's going to be some war stories from from just being here in the Capitol uh, and dealing with things back home. But y- y- I see him more as a friend uh, and a good man that I enjoyed spending the last seven years of my life working and learning from him. And, you know, and, and I'm honored and privileged to have had that opportunity. Uh, and I look forward to it, even though he, he's going to be giving his farewell address today, um, you know, at at the end of the day, he's still a friend. I'm still going to call him. Still look forward to, to many years of friendship with the speaker, uh, and I certainly wish him well. Uh, I know he will be successful in whatever his next endeavor is. And what does that then mean moving forward? What's the next step uh, for the House? What right. Happens? So, so I, I don't know if this has happened before. I, I heard rumblings that this may have happened about 20 years ago. Uh, but basically, uh, we will the House will elect a new speaker uh, each 
the Democrats and the Republicans will get a speaker designee and then we'll go to the House floor with each candidate and then we'll vote as a body majority uh, rules. Uh, so whoever gets the most votes will become the next speaker of the House. Uh, and then if any other member of leadership, um, because the Republicans control the House, it, uh, odds are that it will be a Republican speaker. Uh, and if other leaders like a majority leader or appropriations chair change, posi- change positions, uh, then that caucus will elect a new chair or a new majority leader and so on until we finish our leadership cycle. Uh, again, since I've been here and I've only been here for six years, this is the first time it's ever happened. Uh, so this again, history is being made again in the House this week or when we get back in a, in a couple weeks. But it is definitely an interesting process. It is a behind the scenes type uh, vote. Uh, the vote for speaker is actually done in public by the entire house and you can see how everyone votes however with it with caucus leadership votes that's all done secret ballot within the caucus behind closed doors so unfortunately the public doesn't get to see that but you will get to see the result when it's done representative ortita thank you for going beyond the budget state representative jason ortita